Greetings, children. If you're seeing this, I'm long dead. Yay! You have been dehibernated from hypersleep before your parents to perform routine ship maintenance and complete your end-of-civilization dioramas. Oh. Eyes Bartwise, everyone. Today's Thanksgiving. We've worked hard sleeping for so many years. Don't we deserve a feast? I suppose we could sculpt our yeast paste into the shape of a turkey. Ooh, we could do better than that. This ship has all the stuff on it to start a new civilization. There's got to be some Thanksgiving grub here somewhere. All climate, wheat crop, germination. Oh, boring. Earth's last tomato seeds. Eh, those are more of a summer food. Hello, what do we have here? Cranberry sauce. Now we're talking. Yo, everybody, and welcome back once again to a special Thanksgiving episode of Simpsons is Greater Than, a podcast all about the cultural impact of everybody's favorite nuclear family. And of course, by now, you know I'm talking about the Simpsons. As always, I'm your host, Warren, better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness, you might know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, when you're done with this episode, come on, I say this every week, do me a personal favor, slide over to the Instagram or the Twitter and please check it out and let me know what you think. But also, it is not just me here this week. I'm joined by Justin and Bob from the Straight Chilling Podcast. How are you guys doing today? Very well. Thanks so much for having us on, man. It's it's going to be great talking about murder and turkey. <laughs> yeah, what's up, man? You make me hungry over here watching these Thanksgiving episodes. Ooh, I'm saying, you know, turkey it's, leg. it's the perfect <laughs> time of year to watch uh, anything having to do with Thanksgiving, anything having to do with food, even if it involves a lot of turkeys uh, getting slaughtered. Uh, in an animated show and I like to put a spotlight or I guess more so I wanted to put a spotlight on this episode because it is a newer episode and we know some people don't watch some of those and I think this one is great I think it is very gruesome Uh, I think their whole thing now is just to see how uh, violent they can make them uh, which is which is a cool thing. It's kind of a way to switch up what they do uh, with these sort of episodes. Uh, but the reason I wanted to have you both on is uh, I talked about this a lot on my show. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was on Straight Chilling for the second time, the second of an ongoing uh, several dozens of times over the next few years, I'm sure. Uh, and so for anyone that doesn't know about your podcast, tell give someone the elevator pitch. How would you describe it to someone? Yeah, so we are Straight Chilling Podcast. We're a weekly horror movie review show. Uh, We've been doing it for about seven years now, so we've got a pretty large back catalog of movies that we have reviewed. Um, You can find us really anywhere you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, what have you. Um, you can, uh, you can find us on the Instagram, Twitter, pretty much anywhere. Just search straight chilling podcast, chilling with a G. And, uh, if you have any interest in horror movies at all, we, we got you covered. 
100%. I agree. It's, it's a good <laughs> show. And I think, you know, I'm not just saying that because I'm an ongoing guest. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not just saying that because I am on there, but I do have a really good time uh, joining them over there to talk about Treehouse of Horror. And I'm hoping to, you know, talk about some other stuff eventually, maybe Basket Case, like, maybe we, talked basket about, case. like, like <laughs> we talked about in my last guest spot over there. Uh, but yeah, if you like scary stuff, or even if you just like, you know, some funny guys talking about scary stuff, even if you're not really into the scary uh, I think you would enjoy this. And once in a while, they talk about something that's not scary, like Green Knight, which is a episode I would recommend. So this week sure. we talked about Scooby Doo. Hey, yeah. look at that! <laughs> yeah. Wow, how did I not listen to that episode? What Scooby Doo did you talk about? It just dropped 2002. It's our newest episode. It was a Patreon pick, so someone paid us to watch Scooby Doo, and so yeah, we've we've got it all across the board. Hocus Pocus. We got some not scared Jurassic Park at some point. And <laughs> yeah. So if you want to see, you know, if you want to hear about movies where people get their eyes drug out, or about a mystery team and a dog, yeah, straight chilling <laughs> is the is the podcast for you. Uh, so yeah, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving of horror today. Uh, the eighth episode of the 31st season, it aired on November 24th, 2019. So right before Thanksgiving, uh, the episode was written by Dan Weber and directed by Rob Oliver, a former guest on the podcast, episode 15. If anyone is interested, I highly recommend that episode. Rob is awesome. Uh, I'm assuming this was the first time either of you have seen this one. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't seen it um, before and like 31. Wow, I wasn't even like quite aware that they were at 31. But I will say in order to be since we talked about um, Treehouse of Horror with you just a couple weeks ago, in order to kind of get myself in the mood for this season, because I'm like, you know, I don't know what style they're going for these days. I went ahead and watched the Treehouse of Horror from this season, which I think is episode 666, which was pretty awesome because that was blowing my mind. Um, but yeah, I'd never seen this one before and really anything from the season. So I went ahead and doubled down with the double viewing of Treehouse as well. Nah, that's awesome. I, I think one of the things about this one that was really cool uh, was when it came out, like I maybe I'm making this up, but I don't remember seeing a ton of promo for it. I think they kind of wanted it to surprise people, uh, you know, for them to come out and say, Hey, you know, we already did Treehouse, but because shit is so fucked up, we're going to actually give you another, you know, Marge sort of says that we're going to give you another Treehouse of horror effectively, uh, to sort of speak to the times. And so when this happened a couple of years ago, I was really surprised. And I thought it was a really cool concept. Uh, and it, you know, it sort of scratches both itches, but these are also all very Thanksgiving focused, which I think is really, really cool. Uh, you know, just blanket thoughts. What, what did you expect going in and were you pleased by what you saw or were you disappointed? I, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I, I, other than seeing a handful of uh, Trios of Horror episodes, you know, I, I, I didn't really know how they were going to present this. I didn't know if it was going to be various segments like that or not. Um, I was pleasantly surprised, I would say. Uh, I definitely, I haven't seen a whole lot of newer uh, episodes of The Simpsons just generally. So um, going into this pretty blind and it was equal parts hilarious and brutal and i was uh i i enjoyed it uh just blanket statement i would say i thoroughly enjoyed it nice juice what about you i was pretty surprised as well i um it was it was nice because it 
like we are heading into uh, Thanksgiving season now, but it had that horror flavor and, but they still focused. The theme was all on Thanksgiving. And I thought that was clever. I thought that was interesting because most of the comms, you know, would just go with the, you know, regular old Thanksgiving theme, you know, we're having Thanksgiving dinner and stuff like that. So it was cool that they, still tied it in with what you expect from the treehouse of horror, but just with the Thanksgiving theme. So I really enjoyed that actually. And even like seeing Marge come out again, it was something we talked about on our treehouse episode, like, Oh, uh, why Marge coming out anymore? Why is she going to the war? Like that was like really fun. And I liked that a lot, actually. Yeah. It I, showed was, a, I was pleased. It showed a lot of love for the old tree houses. And I think, you know, uh, the reason I recommend everyone go listen to my episode with Rob Oliver is he, you know, he's been with the show for a long time. He has so much love for the show, including, you know, and especially those early seasons. And so you can always, when you watch a Rob Oliver directed episode, you can tell he is a true fan of the Simpsons that really comes through. And I think there's several things in this episode that make that obvious. There's a lot of, of nods to that. So I'm going to direct everyone uh, once again to that episode, but I do want to talk a little bit about Dan Weber, uh, who wrote a ton of episodes for The Simpsons, and he also wrote for a ton of other shows, uh, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, Futurama, he was writing for them before he even came to The Simpsons, Daria, American Dad, and even Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, so so Dan has a very you know long uh, history of writing for, for funny shows. Uh, and you know, he also wrote for the onion in the nineties. So th he's, he's done so much funny stuff, which I think his style of humor really does well in the Simpsons space, especially when he's working with like a veteran director, like Rob Oliver, who's doing such cool stuff. So I think that's really cool. And the episode, this episode also won the Writers Guild of America Award for Outstanding Writing and Animation, which is a mouthful, uh, and was nominated for an Emmy, but lost to Rick and Morty. So uh, this one was not only, you know, well regarded by fans, but it got some, you know, some attention. I think this episode really, you know, ruffled some feathers in a good way. Uh, and lastly... This is the final episode featuring Rusi Taylor, who had been with the show since the first season. Uh, she obviously voiced Martin Prince, Sherry and Terry and Uter, and uh, she passed away on July 26, 2019, after dealing with uh, cancer, silently. Most people did not know, so that was not very talked about until she was gone. Uh, very sad loss to the show, but I will say, um, I'll say a little bit more about that as we get into these segments, uh, a, a little bit more about Rusi. Um, so Juice, you said you were excited to see Marge come out with the warning. Uh, sort of, sort of expand on that. I really was like surprised because it it immediately set the tone for this is like this is going with the formula of Treehouse, you know. And I even said it specifically in our Treehouse episode, like uh, these new or the the ones we were talking about didn't have Marge coming out. I mean, uh, the fifth <laughs> one did, but not six and seven. I was like, oh, where is she? Why isn't she coming out? But then also it leads into, you know, the gravy spillover where they're licking at the gravy. So obviously it's got that feel, but it's got a new theme. And so it like... Uh, I was, it instantly perked me up and got me excited. I was like, oh, well, like, what is this we're getting into? And so, yeah, absolutely. I, I really enjoyed that. 
We also see Kang and Kodos, so technically this yeah. is considered a treehouse. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, it starts off with such a good joke where she's like, hey, you know, you guys are really getting into the spirit. And they're like, oh, no, you know, is this not how oppressive colonizers dress? Uh, I, I think that's a really great way to start it off. And I also love seeing them in their little little Thanksgiving outfits. Good evening. Well, Halloween is coming gone. But, you know, the world has gotten so darn scary lately. What with the grim specter of everything that one holiday just wasn't enough to contain all the frights and chills so this year the terror has spread into thanksgiving thanksgiving was always scary do we eat at one or seven or god forbid 415 <laughs> tonight we're bringing you three spine tingling and stomach filling tales of thanksgiving terror it's pretty gruesome so you might want to cover your kids eyes Oh, you two have gotten into the Thanksgiving spirit? Incorrect. We are taking over your planet. Is this not how oppressive colonizers dress? Pretty much. Now what time is dinner? No one knows. I liked Kang and Kodos, Bob. Do you like seeing them at the forefront? I loved it. I love that they brought them out immediately. And then Homer following that up immediately like, oh, no, the gravy and starts <laughs> licking it up. I, was, I don't know. It was, it was a great way to start it. I thought I really enjoyed the intro. And and it's funny, you know, it's funny to joke about how like, you know, what time are you supposed to eat Thanksgiving dinner? You know, Homer's like, oh, who knows? You know, everybody wants to eat. <laughs> um, wh- what time would you say you guys normally eat Thanksgiving dinner? We usually eat at like two or three in the afternoon. Yeah, I agree with it. That mine's around there too. Yeah, just pretty much when everything gets finished, but it's not early. (laughs) See, I I find that so funny. And this is something as I say, I mean, it's literally called Thanksgiving dinner, but Mm. I feel like it really is like lunch or, you know, a late lunch, if nothing else. Uh, Growing up, we always, I feel like I always ate at like 1130 or 12. So uh, in in my adult life, you know, eating at like one or two o'clock has become a little more normal. Uh, And so I don't know, it is, it is funny. I think everyone has their own uh, time that they eat Thanksgiving. Cause you're not, I mean, what are you going to eat breakfast before Thanksgiving? Absolutely <laughs> not. You need something, uh, <laughs> early in the day. So I, I think noon is the, is the, the best time, but I've heard varying opinions. Sounds yeah. Like, sounds Ooh, like you guys only. <laughs> <laughs> Who can get it done, uh, that soon. Um, all right. So let's get into the episode and, and again, you know, Feel free to be long-winded on this because when we were talking Treehouse, we had a lot to cover, but we got one episode here, so I think it's fun to dive in. Uh, I'm going to read the synopsis of Agabalypto, which is, in a parody of Apocalypto, the Simpson family and some other Springfield residents are depicted as turkeys, while others are depicted as pilgrims. After Marge lays an egg, the latter hunt for their Thanksgiving dinner, and Homer is among the turkeys captured. Bart escapes, but follows them back to their settlement. Um, this is a really, really cool one to me. I fucking love the way everyone looks as turkeys. And I love that there is barely any dialogue that is not a gobble for like several minutes. Uh, how did you guys feel about this? Bob, kick us off. I thought it was a really bold choice to have all of the characters just gobble. And I also thought they did a great job in doing that because... They're not saying words, but you absolutely know what they're saying based on the tone and inflection of their gobbles. (laughs) Like, you already know how these characters talk because you're familiar with The Simpsons. They've been around forever. So, like, through their gobbles, you know exactly what they're saying, even though they're not using words. I thought they did a fantastic job with that. Mm. 
And also, like, they murdered so many turkeys in this episode. Like, they cut their heads off. They blow their heads off with shotguns. It is, like, extremely gruesome in a way that I don't think I've ever seen on an episode of The Simpsons before. It really caught me off guard, but like really like played up the the horror of this Thanksgiving horror episode they were doing. They leaned into it um, in a way that was like splat sticky almost. <laughs> I really didn't expect to see that, and I um I, I love that they kind of went there with it. I thought it was hilarious in a very dark way. Um, I was a fan of this segment for sure. Yeah, it's very jarring. Juice, what about you? I think there is a slight disadvantage for me for having this as the first segment. Um, And that is that I am not familiar with the newest seasons. And so to start it off where nobody's talking, I got, (laughs) I liked the gag, like Bob said, where you see, you know, there's a grandpa turkey and, you know, like, you know, who, who all the turkeys are, but for, you know, the first I don't know if it's half, but third, where nobody's talking, you're not getting like the jokes kind of delivered. It's all visual. And for me, it like, I think maybe it kicked off with like Maud getting her head blown off um, that I was like started like being like, okay, like I kind of set the tone for that. And but then once we go into the village and we're getting some spoken jokes, um, you know, Chief Wiggum and Millhouse, of course, and stuff (laughs) like that, then I was like kind of getting more in the spirit, whereas like. And when it first kicked off, it, it was more slow going for me because I was like, I know the gag. I like the gag, but also too, I kind of want to f- get a feel for where the jokes are landing with these newer Simpsons episode and starting this one off with like no talking at first, I think kind of gives a little bit of a disadvantage, like from my perspective in that. I can see that. I can see that. I also, I remember uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, it's so nice to see Maud. And then she just instantly killed. So I definitely think that they knew what they were doing with that, with that joke. But I mean, you know, I give credit to Dan Castellaneta all the time, but him just gobbling as Sideshow Mel, Grandpa, Homer, Barney, like him just doing all these different gobbles. Like he, there should be an award created for that. That is truly so fucking impressive. And I would love to see... Like, how did they direct the voice actors for this? Because they had to have been like, okay, you need to gobble as if you are upset because someone is coming for you. Like, I can't even imagine how they were able to get them to gobble in a way that made it obvious what they were sort of, how they were interacting with each other and things like that. Uh, So, I mean, I think that is truly impressive. And I think the first time I saw it, when I realized that like, oh, they're not going to say anything for pretty much this whole segment. At least that's what I thought. Uh, that was really interesting and different to me. So shout out to the team for being brave enough to do that. That's very weird. And I'm also, I like hearing your inner, your reaction to that as someone who hadn't seen a new episode in a while. So I think it's cool that that was sort of jarring to you. Yeah, I think it was a clever 
um, like the concept. I sh- maybe they should have like switched it with one of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because I think ultimately, maybe like a little spoiler because of that, it, it kind of ended up being my least favorite mm. of the three. But I feel like if it had been in a different place, maybe even ending with that one, maybe I would have been like ready, more ready to jump into the gag initially. I think that's interesting. Yeah. That, and I can see that. I mean, I do, I, I love the set design. That's a, you know, I'm, I'm going to say lots of nice things about Rob Oliver. Uh, in every segment, there are multiple shots that I'm like, that is very smart. Like that is well-directed. Uh, that looks really great. I think, you know, sometimes newer episodes look a little stiff. I don't believe this one does at all. Uh, I think it looks very fluid, very nice. Uh, I think the story is genuinely sad and disturbing. I mean, when the family is scared and they're trying to hide Marge and, and the egg, like that is really like the little score under that's real sad. That that sort of gets me every time. It's very well set up for you to feel emotion. And like we've been saying, there's a lot of blood and death. I'm talking like, especially if you haven't watched a, a modern Treehouse in a while or or even modern Simpsons at all you are going to be very, very taken aback by the amount of blood. Uh, so I think that's really cool. And I dare anyone uh, to not laugh when Homer gobbles woohoo when Patty and Selma are killed. I, <laughs> I think that's one of the funniest bits in this whole segment. Uh, just his horror into a woohoo is so good. I love that. <laughs> Tis witchcraft verily! I must cleanse the town with fire! Yeah, I was a big fan of the uh, one of the characters says something along the lines of, you know, my brother-in-law fried a turkey. It was much work for scant <laughs> reward. Like, I have said those words. Like, everybody has a brother-in-law that's frying the turkey. I love that they worked that into it as yeah. well. Uh, and the witchcraft uh, angle, like, you know, Milhouse comes in and sets fire to everything because he sees the turkey run around with his head cut off thinking it's witchcraft and i was like oh that's kind of it's neat that they played that angle as well and then of course they wrap it up with wiggum getting mauled by a bear it's just like it's it's banging on all cylinders it's a lot of action it's it's a this segment moves very quickly in a good way i think yeah and i think that there you know um there are certain jokes that that didn't strike me as as funny uh until this watch like i think you know, they knock over the scarecrow and they're like, oh, get him up, get him up. And then the crows attack them. Like, that's really <laughs> funny to me. There's a couple of jokes that Wiggum makes that I think are groaners, but th- I've also grown to think that I think they are purposely groaners. I think the joke is that they're bad jokes because Wiggum, uh, you know, even in a classic season, Wiggum would commonly say things that Lou and Eddie would be like, chief, what are you talking about? You know? So on this watch, I was like, oh, that Leonard Skinner joke is bad on purpose. That that axe body spray <laughs> joke is bad on purpose, uh, and I, I think I saw it in sort of a new light. Um, also, and, and I don't know if either of you thought of this while watching it. Uh, Bart's design is almost identical to uh, his design in the Raven. He's like drawn exactly like the Raven, and I'm willing to bet Rob did that on purpose. I don't know. I mean, I guess you kind of draw them the same anyway, but he looks exactly like the Raven. 
That's a good point because when I was watching it, I was like, there is something familiar about this. Like just in the back of my mind, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, you're uh, like, you're absolutely right. That is kind of a clever callback because that was the first Treehouse of Horror. So even if they were like, oh, this is the first, you know, Thanksgiving of horror or whatever, that's pretty cool. I like that. There's a handful of things that I, you know, sort of now think are nods to past tree houses, and I could be making some of them up, uh, but some of them feel a little bit intentional. Uh, I am curious, have either of you seen Apocalypto? Have you actually seen what this is based on? I have. Yeah, I saw when it came out, but I don't remember it very well. I, I, have, I didn't I have realize never seen that's what it was. I have seen Apocalypto. And so now you saying that, I'm like, oh, okay, I understand it a little better because it's a similar like situation where there's it's like Native Americans, I think, at the time, but they're coming in. So instead of turkeys, and then there's like a pregnant woman and and the like invaders are kind of coming in and like wiping out this tribe and stuff like that. And they're trying to run and survive. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even connect those dots. And, and it's interesting, too, because and, and this is something that everyone should email me or DM me and make fun of me for. So often when talking about Treehouse uh, in general, I'm like, oh, yeah, and this is based on this thing I've never seen. So I need to step my game up. Everyone should give me shit because I'm like, oh, have either one of you seen this? Because I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Tell but me I, about it, please. Yeah, but I did make the connection. I, I I think I missed the title for this one because in my notes, I, I made the title for each other little segment, but I, maybe the title connected it better to yeah. the, that film that I just missed. A gobble is that what okay then yeah, yeah. that would explain that one okay gotcha and, and i you know i love i love the way i don't get this connection to the movie but i love the way wiggum looks when he's you know sniffing and his eyes get real big and he's sort of hyping himself up that's all really cool and also you know when the family reunites and everyone's happy everyone's safe seeing you know it sort of pan out and wiggum's just getting ripped <laughs> to shreds in the background uh, you know, I can't say it enough. There's a lot of kills in this, but that scene is, is especially gruesome. He gets his arms ripped off. There's blood going everywhere. He's like, cr you know, screaming as the bear is like destroying his body. So I, I think, you know, that is super cool. And also even just sort of tying in like, you know, this whole, you know, you see the native Americans walk up and like, Oh, let's get out of here. Uh, and the turkeys watching the people eat them and sort of, you know, looking at it for some maybe some higher meaning. I don't know, but just seeing this, the way this has a horror feel, even though it's about, you know, Thanksgiving, I think it took some skill to, to pull that off. And I think they definitely did it. Yeah, I agree. Concur. I dig it. Anything else you guys want to say about a gobble before we move on to the next one? Yeah, I like the little pine cone, the one joke, like the little pine cone pacifier at the very end. It was like <laughs> funny, but also kind of cute and sweet. Like you said, they're all coming back together or whatever. I don't know. I just that was a nice little like ending touch next to Wiggum getting mauled by a bear. <laughs> this this was also in the height of people's obsession with uh, who we were then calling Baby Yoda. Now we know as Grogu. Uh, and I remember the joke on online was like, oh, like, you you know, you think Baby Yoda's cute. Wait till you see Turkey Maggie. <laughs> and I remember that being like a whole thing. I don't know if she's as cute as, as Grogu, but she's pretty damn cute. I'll, I'll give her that for sure. Um, all right. So the next one is called, this is the, the Black Mirror parody, uh, The Fourth Thursday After Tomorrow. It's a <laughs> funny title to me. Uh, in a parody of the Black Mirror special White Christmas, to help Marge with the Thanksgiving cooking as the Simpsons are holding a dinner party for many of their friends, which is 
a weird thing for them to do. I just want to say that. Uh, Homer orders an AI with all of her memories who acts as the protagonist of the story. Marge becomes jealous as the AI proves better at running the family than her. Um, either of you Black Mirror fans, did that resonate with you? Yeah, I got it immediately because the opening, it does the little like uh, Black Mirror opening or whatever. And the I shattered have, glass. Yeah, I have seen like uh, all the episodes and especially this one with the, the they're parroting the Christmas episode or whatever. And so I was I was excited to see where some of their pools were coming from. I missed the first one, but with this one, it hit immediately. And I was like, oh, cool. Like where, you know, what kind of modern things are they pulling from? And I like to see that connection. That was cool. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of Black Mirror as well. I think I've seen all of them up to up to this point anyway i love seeing like a a a more modern show i guess being parodied on the simpsons um it's something that i i haven't seen because i you know like i already said i don't watch a whole lot of current simpsons episodes uh but i thought that was a really great thing to do and i thought they really nailed it like again this this whole segment is somewhat terrifying. Like it, it hits home just the way that black mirror does, but it's a cartoon, you know, it's interesting that they're able to, to basically hit on all the exact same points and, you know, a fraction of the time. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I thought, I thought they did a really great job with, with it being quote, you know, chillingly plausible. <laughs> and like, I love how they're able to sum up really the entire premise of the show black mirror and just two words. And they even repeat it throughout the segment. I was like, you know, if you haven't seen black mirror, this is like a great little commercial for it. it like is. if this interests you at all, you should definitely watch uh, black mirror. I thought they did a, a good job with the source material on this one. I totally agree with that. I, what I will say if, if for some reason there's anyone listening to this episode that has not seen black mirror, uh, go ahead and skip the first episode. Because I've long said that I think the first episode of the show does it a disservice. I don't think it's a bad episode, but I think Black Mirror is an incredible show. One of the best of the last decade, arguably. And I think that first episode is not a very good introduction because when I first saw it, I was like, man, I don't know. Everybody's telling me this show is incredible and I don't really want to see a guy. I don't really want to see a story about a guy (laughs) being forced to fuck a pig. I could probably pass on that. You don't want to see that? Wow. (laughs) Did you catch the joke in this one where it's on their TV screen that first episode? Yeah, I love that joke because that is a good point. I think I, almost anyone I've talked to has said almost that exact same thing. It's like, why did they make that the first episode? So I like, I completely agree. But seeing it like Mayor Quimby on the TV screen with the pig from like the movie and everything, that was cracking me up pretty good. I was like, damn. I, I could definitely say like, I, I didn't love the last season of Black Mirror. I thought it was fine. Um, I wouldn't say that they're bad, uh, but you got so much quality. I mean, there are episodes of black mirror, uh, that I think rival some, some of the best TV shows in history. Um, which I know is a, is a pretty strong endorsement as a guy who normally just talks about the Simpsons, but, uh, I'm really due for a black mirror rewatch. I think this kind of gets me in the mood to do that for sure. Uh, and <laughs> I love that the thing Bob mentioned is Homer saying chillingly plausible because I think that is not only does that sum it up well, but what a funny read like him just walking out of the room and saying it a second time. In case you missed it, this is chillingly plausible, you know, and like you said, it is, man. I think I think as society, this uh, a lot of stuff that happens in Black Mirror gets more and more chillingly plausible every single day. Uh, So for this, you know, episode already to be 
almost three years old or, you know, two and a two and some change, uh, is, is saying something. So, uh, I think, I think everything is going to get a little weirder and weirder the older we get. So let's, you know, nothing depressing about that. Is there guys? Yeah, no, I think, no, not I think even this spoof touches on some really disturbing things. If you sit and think about it, the time difference, which is something, you know, that they're spoofing from the, the Christmas episode, but also too, one thing that kind of hit me was the baby choosing the AI mom, actually you know, kind of the family. And the joke is, you know, Homer, you know, with the pork chops and everything like that, cheating on his wife or whatever, but the baby, I don't know something about the baby choosing the AI mom kind of hit me as like, man, you know, with the way like kids are brought up these days and stuff like that. I was like, that, that's like really sad. That's <laughs> like kind of bummed me out a little it, bit. It is yeah. really sad, it, it, but it definitely bums me out too. The thing that I found interesting when uh, reading about sort of the production side of this episode or this segment specifically is they said they wanted you to feel for the AI Marge. They wanted you to side with her. Uh, and it does a really good job of vilifying uh, actual Marge in this. And I guess you can sort of see where she's coming from, but also it's like, you shouldn't really be threatened by this AI. But I, I, I guess that's a, I guess that's a conversation that is pretty complex either way. I'm sure if any of us had like, you know, a little AI version of ourselves in a box that we could interact with. I would probably feel pretty weird about that. So maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't judge Marge for that. Um, but I do think they did a good job of making her look bad, um, I don't know. It's good. Bob, wh- what was your overall feeling on this? I didn't really ask you that. Um, I, I thought it was very effective. Um, like, kind of like you were saying, uh, as soon as this starts, you, you side with the AI version of Marge. And I think it really touches on the question of like, um, you know, at what point are you, uh, human enough to not be just considered, you know, a piece of machinery, you know, cause like she is a simulation of the actual Marge, but like she, she feels and thinks on her own, you know, she's totally self-aware. So whenever, um, you know, Homer makes her sit in the tube for like, you know, two weeks in basically solitary confinement, she's like freaking out. Like she feels that, like, I guess the way the normal Marge would feel that, so you you relate to her. You're like, oh my God, he's like torturing this artificial intelligence. So it, it definitely like makes you, it begs the question, like at what point are you no longer just a microchip, you know? And I think it, it does a good job at um, making that point in, in seven minutes or whatever right. it is, which is tough to do. You Very know? tough to do. It's also cool, you know, uh, and this is obviously bitten from the actual episode, but that, you know, the way Homer's looming down, the way they're looking into her in that room is a very like, you know, powerful shot. Like you sort of feel small with Marge. You sort of feel bad for her. Um, it, it, it is really effective at making you feel for her, uh, from the very beginning. And I mean, God damn, imagine being in a solid white room for, for two weeks <laughs> or whatever it is, or eight years as she does yeah. at the end, you know, it's very, it's very insane. Virtual assistant. What are you talking about? Okay. You're going to laugh. Every year, Marge complains about how much cooking she has to do for Thanksgiving. I'm Marge. Hold on. So I'm in Williams-Sonoma eating free peppermint bark. 
And the kid working there said, my wife would love this kitchen AI thing. I'm your wife. Hold on. So I sent some of Marge's DNA to one of those innocent-seeming companies, like from the beginning of a sci-fi movie where the robots murder everyone, and it sent us a computer version of her to do all the cooking. And that's you! Oh, yeah, and you live in that tube thingy. Are you saying that I'm a simulation? No, that's insane! Not anymore. Just chillingly plausible. Um, so the one thing that always stands out to me, uh, how gross does cheesy Mac fruit dog sound? Uh, mac and cheese with hot dogs and fruit loops. Uh, would either of you ever eat that unless it was for money? No, no I, I don't think so. <laughs> no, that was a funny joke, though. Um, <laughs> like Mac preparing all his specials or whatever, because that's not even like a throwback to anything that you've ever heard that Bar likes or whatever. But I <laughs> like it was a good, funny joke. I like that. This is the best cheesy Mac fruit dog I've ever had. Uh, I also love Lisa saying there's nothing virtual about the fluffiness of these pancakes. <laughs> Um, so, so they didn't say this anywhere that I could find, but I got to think a little bit, I don't know if either of you have seen this. I got to think a little bit of that second segment was influenced by the movie. Her, is that something you guys have ever Mm, seen? Yeah. I picked up on that too. Yeah. The, especially the Homer, like with the poor chops and whole situation, but yeah, with like a man (laughs) falling in love with an art of, you know, an AI or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, which does predate Black Mirror. I'm not saying they stole any ideas, but I mean, yeah. her her also a very uh, existential, strange movie that uh, everyone should see. Joaquin Phoenix uh, falls mm-hmm. in love with with sort of Siri, effectively. Uh, I do Scarlett love Homer Hansen's voice, of course, of course. Oh. I do love Homer calling AI Marge tube wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. And I can't see your disapproving look because you don't have a face. You really know how to make a woman feel special. Thanks, robot honey. Just call me Marge. Marge. You know, I always thought the sexiest thing about you was your voice. Is there anything else you want to say to me? Mr. Simpson, are you flirting with me? I don't see what's wrong. I am your husband. Well, in that case, I'm going to do what something incredible And then I'm going to... Oh, tube wife. You know exactly what I want. I actually really thought that was a clever, as you point out before, Warren, the perspective from Marge where Homer's looming in. But I like the switch in perspective where we see that everybody else is just looking at a device. They don't actually see Marge like we see Marge, which I think gives another just kind of powerful perspective on it because they're like, oh, this is a device. Even though Homer explains like, oh, I sent your D, you know, your DNA in and they ask her <laughs> questions like, oh, you know, all my memories about my childhood and everything like that, about my love life. She's like, yeah, but they only see, 
you know, like a uh, like a Amazon whatever it is. What the, yeah, like the series. Yeah, it looks like it like an like an Alexa almost. Yeah, yeah, an Alexa or whatever. So it's just I like that shift in perspective where we kind of twist around to the other side of it. It's like oh, they that's why they don't see this as any kind of like human being because it just looks like an Alexa, like we would right. see it. I also, you know, uh, and I'm sorry, Juice, but I do sort of see, you know, I talk about similarities. I do sort of see some mild similarities to Genesis Tub in this middle segment. <laughs> totally, uh, sort, yeah. sort of this weird time passing quickly, uh, you know, smaller uh, world. Uh, so, you know, again, I don't know if that was on purpose. And obviously it's a parody of a pre-existing Black Mirror uh property, but it definitely sort of gives me a similar vibe. I like that you can sort of draw a connection to previous tree houses uh, throughout this one. So again, you know, I know, I know you hate the Genesis tub. You've been on an anti-Genesis tub <laughs> agenda for some time now. I but. know, trying to tear it down. <laughs> I will say though, I was going to bring this up for you. There's a couple different things I think that feed into this for me. So I'm normally just going off Genesis tub, but that like, I normally am bashing the kind of sci-fi based uh, treehouse horror themes and especially the kind of like Twilight Zone ones too as well, which sometimes go hand in hand, not always, but um, I was more open to this one i think because it's thanksgiving based and as i said with the halloween ones i want the kind of spooky vibes the vampires the zombies and things that remind me of halloween but actually this was my favorite one and it, it could be that you know i'm not familiar with the twilight zone and they're kind of as i said before just like disturbing in a strange way but i am familiar with black mirror and i love it but also i'm not looking specifically for those spooky vibes when i'm getting a thanksgiving episode so like those two kind of go hand in hand to where i was like this was actually my favorite segment this second which we always joke too oh the second one's kind of the worst one sandwiched in the <laughs> Middle. but this time i was like it's the sci-fi one and it's like my favorite um i thought this one was like really good uh i liked it a lot it's really good i think you know i i think the only reason they would put it in the middle is because the beginning is so like striking i think if you went into like a i, I really do believe the only reason a, a gobalipto was first is because it is like we got turkeys we got mm. pilgrims uh but I, I do see what you're saying i do think this one is very strong i i definitely would not call it the weakest also, how surprised, so as someone, you know, you, you both just watched it, how surprised were you guys to hear Marge say bitch? What a spread. I can't believe you did all this by yourself. Marge, you are a cooking machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, this meal was a lot of work, but having us together to share this day of thanks, I'd do it all again. <gasps> that bitch! Okay, okay, step two. While they're eating my meal, I get some feet on the ground. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't even think it, about it, honestly. It didn't stick out to <laughs> me. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm not familiar enough with, with the show to be taken aback by, by hearing Marge curse. I, there's just yeah. something very strange about hearing her say that bitch like it just is very you just would never imagine hearing marge say that uh that that part kills me every time in fact 
I definitely rewound it a couple of times because I always forget about it. And just her like throwing, you know, like, oh, that bitch. Uh, very, very funny. I would I would think most people, uh, whether you whether you stopped watching a long time ago or not, you'd be a little jarred by that. But also the only thing I will say and, and one of the only criticisms I saw about this episode online is Julie. Julie does not sound her best as Dude, Marge. I was just about to bring that up <laughs> now. Yeah. Now, I will say uh, I think in the current season and even last season, she sounded much better. I'm not really sure uh, what was going on at the time in 2019, but I remember throughout season 30 and 31 kind of thinking like, oh man, you know, I would never want anyone else to be her. So I don't care. Julie could sound like, you know, rocks in a rock tumbler and I would still prefer her over someone new. Uh, and I still stand by that. Even if she somehow got worse, I would be like, nah, it's fine. I want it to be Julie forever. Uh, but something about this segment, because it is so Marge focused, I will say, I understand the criticism that she sounds a little, a little off. It is a little jarring, especially if you haven't watched a modern episode in a while, I'm sure. That was when she came out in the beginning, I noticed it, but it was such a short little thing that I was like, okay, I don't, maybe I'm just not used to, you know, how everybody sounds now 30 years later, um, which is understandable. But when this episode focused on it, I specifically made a note that it sounds painful for her. Like listening to her, like makes me almost sympathize because Marge has always had, you know, a scratchy kind of voice that's, uh, you know, almost annoying. But in this, <laughs> I was like, this sounds like it's painful for the actress and it's hard to listen to as well and it really was jarring for me and even i think a testament is like how strong i think the jokes and the concept for this were that it was still my favorite because that like among anything about the time change of the simpsons for this episode that stood out so distinctly for me that i was like man you know these people have been voicing these characters for so long and obviously they're getting older but i was like man this makes me worry for the actress <laughs> i was like what is going on with her i feel bad bob did you feel that way it didn't stick out of me at all like i wow. honestly did not notice it um wow so i think she's doing a great job well that that makes that makes me feel <laughs> yeah. good that makes me feel good i mean you know i've said before uh i think arguably the most underrated uh, voice actor on the whole show is Julie Kavner. Uh, just because like, I think she's able to do a character like Marge and also her sisters. And at no point does it ever feel like the same person. They are so drastically different. Um, and obviously they're all incredible, but I think it is, you know, that has to be the hardest voice to do for 30 years out of all of them. You know, I mean, Dan still sounds great to me. I see people online say that, you know, Dan and Nancy sound different. I don't really think they do. I think Yardley sounds amazing still. Uh, it, but I can hear it in Julie a little bit, um, especially in, in episodes that are really focused on her. And I think it's really jarring uh, when she's reacting to Homer in the tube and she's sort of screaming. I, I had a similar reaction to Julie. I'm like, man, it sounds like it hurts her to do that. But I am happy to say, you know, watch a recent one, an even more recent one. She does sound better to me. So maybe... Maybe she was having some trouble and she found a better way to do it. Julie, I love you. If you ever hear this, I fucking love you so much. Just know that. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's see. So, uh, this segment's also, you know, it's, it's black mirror. It, it's a, it's a love letter to black mirror and it is jam packed 
with Easter eggs. So, I mean, you know, even if you are, if you're more of a big fan, you haven't seen this, you should definitely watch it because there's stuff throughout the background. Like we sort of touched on so many references, even, even up to the point where she's crying and her mascara is running. Like everything is a reference to black mirror. And to the point that they even got the creator of black mirror, Charlie Booker to voice the app when her, when her rating is dropping, they brought him in just to, uh, to say that. So they, they obviously got a lot of love for the show. Uh, so it's cool. You know, I think regardless you will like it, but if you like black mirror, this one is, is up there for sure. Yeah. I always just thought the jokes with this one, I don't know. We're just hitting me right when she gets past the firewall and how it's fire. <laughs> and then when she goes past the firewall and she's like, I can do anything. She's like, oh, I'm just going to go on Etsy or whatever. Um, Homer you know, talking about, you know, I'll just give you some time to come to terms with being some ones and zeros. I don't know. The jokes are really hidden for me on this one. And I liked like you seeing all the little black mirrors you know easter eggs and stuff like that so i was like super engaged with this segment yeah it's dope you got the san junipero poster in the background you got the little teddy bear all just so much stuff um you know i do think it's one thing that i will mention before we move on that i do think is a bit of a cheat if if the marjai was able to put her face on the outside like she does for maggie the whole time she probably should have tried that sooner it might have bought her some sympathy but I'm, i'm okay with that cheat because it it helps you get to the end. So uh, it, it's a great one. I love that Homer's a robot inexplicably. <laughs> one of the funniest jokes in the whole segment is, well, now it's even worse that you forgot our anniversary yeah. um, or birthday. I can't, I always forget which one, but good stuff. Anything else on this one, guys? Um, Oh, the joke. I paid extra for it to feel pain. I thought that <laughs> was really funny and like dark too. I was like, damn, I don't know. This joke's in this one's so good. Homer's like, oh yeah, I paid extra just so she could feel pain. <laughs> yeah, really, really great. All right. Like, so we're why gonna... would you do that? <laughs> so dark. It's... So unnecessary. Also, Mar- you know, again, we talk about Marge being the, uh, you, you feeling bad for the AI. The actual real life Marge is so cruel. Like she does not give a shit. Like she just wants the glory and this huge Thanksgiving uh, that for some reason they all of a sudden are throwing like a huge Thanksgiving party, but I'm okay with that too. I like it. Uh, uh, I like, I like the comments on the spread and how she takes the credit. Uh, it's, it's good. It's good. I like how everyone's so mad that she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> like it ruins the meal. <laughs> they leave. They won't even yeah. eat the food. Mo says my burps taste like lies. <laughs> really good. Really good. All right. So the third and final segment of Thanksgiving of horror, which I, I got to say my, my feelings on this one are, have, have changed every time I've watched it. I, I think it's great, but it is very strange. I think it's the weirdest of the three. Um, and that is the last Thanksgiving in a parody of the blob alien and life while on a spaceship years after the earth's destruction, the kids are awoken from hibernation to do some work before landing on their new planet. Bart and Milhouse try to create a Thanksgiving dinner and they can only find one can of cranberry sauce, which Bart tries to replicate and accidentally brings to life. Um, so, you know, I made a note juice about how there was all this sci-fi stuff and I know that you don't always love that, but you've already clarified that you really do like it in this case. Uh, how did this one strike both of you? 
Mm, I was okay with this one as well. I initially, my first thing I was, I was like, is this spoofing life? Um, because of it, I didn't even pick up on it actually being the blob because it was so sci-fi focused in space, but then also like the alien too, you know, alien and life and stuff like that, which are movies I'm familiar with and like, and, um, I thought at one point too, like with Millhouse's hand situation going on, I thought there might be some of that Cloverfield paradigm or whatever mm. going on um included but i was still okay with this one as well like i said i think once it's moved past the the idea of it's supposed to be in halloween or whatever i'm as i said i think in the last episode i like sci-fi horror i just don't <laughs> want it like in halloween time so um oh yeah i was totally digging on this one as well this this was probably my least favorite of the three segments um, I do. I love the blob. That's like one of my favorite horror movies. And I, I dig that they're referencing that in this as well as alien. Um, so that was cool to see. And it makes sense that the blob purple, like pinkish purple as it is, like it makes sense that it would just be cranberry sauce, right? It, <laughs> it goes hand in hand with the Thanksgiving theme. And I thought that was really smart of them to do. Um, I, I didn't find this segment quite as funny as the two previous ones, but when it all ends, I like how they stick the landing on it in that the cranberry sauce, even though it is sort of this, uh, this, this monstrous being that's sucking bones out of these children, at the end of the day, it still just wants to be cranberry sauce. It wants to be back in its can, and it wants to be eaten for thanksgiving like that's all it really that's its motive it just still wants to be cranberry sauce i thought that was really funny and like a, a smart way to end this segment yeah i i think you know i i sort of agree with you i i think every time i watch this one i do like it more with every watch i don't think there's a lot of laugh out loud jokes there's a lot of stuff that's funny in it to me but uh, nothing that really just cracks me up super hard. But I also sort of, you know, I sort of like that they let this one be as strange. Like, I think even the way Yardley is reading the voiceover at the beginning, it's real somber and sort of dark. Like, and, and they let it feel that way sort of throughout, uh, regardless of the jokes. And I think that's kind of cool. It, it sort of does work. Ship's log. Interplanetary colonization vessel Humanity's Hope. Earth is a thousand light years behind us, if there even is an Earth anymore. After global warming ravaged our world, we eliminated fossil fuels and reduced pollution, cooling down the planet, and thereby triggering a massive ice age. But one last ship escaped the snow hurricanes and ice volcanoes, buoyed by the hope of a new start on a faraway world. Uh, one thing I didn't know until looking this up is that the idea of the cranberry creature that sucked out the skeletons and the crew was inspired by the Star Trek episode, The Man Trap, uh, which apparently has an alien creature that sucked salt from the bodies of its victims. So you got references to three different properties, probably more, and then also, you know, a, a monster based on Star Trek. So a lot of, a lot of ideas brought in on this one. I do love when the kids cheer for Skinner being dead. That did give me a good chuckle. 
Yeah, I will also say that I gotta, I don't know, I, I gotta step up maybe for this segment a little bit because this is this is Thanksgiving of horror. And so th- as much as I liked the Black Mirror one, as far as like a horror standpoint goes, I think this one brings it the most because the other one, you know, it's like existential, like, oh my God, there's an AI living in a thing. But this thing is like sucking out the bones and these kids like skin sacks the way and like it would flops martin's one like against the wall and stuff and also like alien is just one of the greatest and one of my favorite horror films of all time so when you're talking about like horror films and like a paying tribute to horror i feel like this is the most horror driven one where there's an actual monster the violence and like the visuals that you get are super disturbing like just those empty skin sacks i don't know like really bothered me um (laughs) they just like look really messed up but i don't know i i think this one like kind of brings the horror aspect the hardest i think yeah, I, I do get a really good laugh out of Bart saying, oh, you know, we'll just throw it in here and zip, zap, zorp, you know, and then he just pushes three buttons that say zip, zap, zorp. Uh, but but that also sort of brings me back to what I'm saying. Like those jokes are I'm I'm I watch stuff like that. I go, that's really funny, but I, I'm not like dying, you know, yeah. which some of the other jokes in the other segments genuinely get a belly laugh out of me. So but I, again, I think that's kind of cool. It lets it be subtle. Uh, and, and I dig that. I do agree that seeing these kids just have their, you know, seeing Nelson have his skeleton sucked out of his body, uh, is pretty graphic. And, you know, we're talking about cool shots, the shot from like the vent where you're, you're supposed to be like the perspective of the monster and you see the kids talking and Lisa's really talking with her hands. There's a lot of really good, you know, at this point, I, I feel like I'm being paid. It sounds like I'm being paid by Rob Oliver to say this, but I think he makes some really, really great decisions in this. Uh, and, and that's, you know, just another reason this one is so good, even though it is very sad to me that it's Rissy's last uh, episode doing Martin or any of the characters. I can't remember if they do like a monster POV in the blob, but they definitely have a kill sequence where it like drops down from an air vent and grabs somebody. Um, so I like that they have that reference in there. Also, just like, I guess, regarding some of the more subtle humor in this segment, there's like, I don't know, three or four different times where the kids just sort of jettison garbage into space as if it, and they don't really call attention to it. It's just, they just keep doing it. I thought that was hilarious. Cause like that's, I mean, that just really happens unfortunately. And they're just like, I don't know, we don't need this anymore. Let's just pollute. And like, <laughs> I don't know. It was a, it was a funny reoccurring little gag that I noticed. Well, also, you know, Millhouse goes, Oh, the, the last tomatoes from earth. That's more of a summer food. Just like tosses them out. <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah i mean there's there's a lot you know i, I say it's not that funny it, when you recall some of the jokes they actually are really funny i like seeing uh millhouse get a wedgie with his arm and saying oh you stretched it out mm-hmm. uh and and we don't have to point out the obvious that it makes no sense that somehow his arm got sucked out through his hand but his hand is still intact we don't have to think about that it's, <laughs> it's really good and yeah, a, it's a cartoon it's a cartoon and a good subtle joke that i don't know if, if it if it comes across as a joke right away, but when they're banging on the glass, Millhouse is using his good hand to use his dead hand to slap the glass instead of just hitting it with his <laughs> other hand. So there's a lot of little visual gags like that as well. 
Also, to him having his hand tied in a bow, like around a wrench and like him (laughs) spinning it around, it was funny, but also kind of brought back again that there was something about this like loose skin that was really bothering me and him just like swinging that wrench around with his dead hand. It's like, oh, it looked like super disturbing. (laughs) It is. It is very disturbing. Also. You know, I, I said I was going to bring up uh, Rosie again. Uh, I read that while while he was directing her for this episode, uh, and you know, she had had been dealing with treatment; she wasn't doing very well. But they said that she loved this segment and thought it was so funny, and she got really into like you know, sort of making the the noises of of Martin having his skeleton sucked out, and just really loved the gag. I do, I did think on my first watch that her final line as Martin before he. Uh, before the monster takes his skull is oddly sad considering it's her last thing. Like it's sort of like, you know, I give my body, it like sort of affected me in a weird way. The first time I watched it, I was like, man, like it's an incredible, I mean, she does always did an amazing job. Uh, you know, people might know Rusty as Minnie Mouse. She was Minnie Mouse for a long time. Uh, she was married to the voice of Mickey Mouse. That is not, I'm not making that up. Uh, so you know, she was known for being a great voice actress and she always killed it anytime she was Martin or Uter or Sherry and Terry or anyone else. Uh, but there is something very like, I, I guess it's sort of nice that she went out on such a, you know, an interesting, unique note and something that she thought was truly funny. Uh, but I don't know. It makes me feel kind of sad when she gives that, that final line. And then you just see his body, you know, slung against the wall. <laughs> but I do, I do love it for some strange reason. Jelly built itself a can! What are you doing? We're trapped! Behold, a perfect can for the perfect organism! You, you admire it. I admire its purity, its lack of messy humanity. This creature, as you call it, is unencumbered by the petty morality of a dying species. I give of my body to become one with the ideal. And not knowing that, obviously, it didn't affect me at the time, but like thinking or, you know, having that information out, that's, yeah, seems a little like, mm, and it's a little troubling, I guess. It's sad. Well, you also, you know, we see, you know, Millhouse gets slung around by the monster before they trick it into going into outer space. And then, you know, we get this really strange ending. Um, I feel like I forget about the actual ending every time I watch this. Were you guys surprised to see this other planet and the family be alive and, and all of that? What did you think about that? Yeah, I think the ending was definitely a surprise because, uh, you know, you don't see the rest of the family throughout the entire segment. I just kind of, you know, assumed that they were probably dead. You know, it's like Ice Age on Earth. Maybe they didn't make it onto the ship or whatever. Uh, so to have them pop up at the very end, I was like, oh, well, look at that. I guess they are alive and they make it to their planet <laughs> after all. And all ends well. And they end up just eating this monster with Thanksgiving dinner. And it's no problem. That's what the monster <laughs> wanted anyways. Yeah. What a happy ending. Yeah. This uh, this ending to me, uh, there was a couple times that I didn't really bring up. I think, you, like, Warren, you did a good job bringing up, like, the Chief Wiggum kind of moments in the first segment. They really, like, were just moments that felt kind of flat. This ending for me actually wasn't super strong. I was like, oh, okay. Um, it was just sometimes it feels like 
with this newer style of horror, some things like just happen. And like, maybe I'll give sometimes it almost feels like a compulsory, like pity chuckle or like an uncomfortable <laughs> chuckle of like, I don't really know how this like joke was supposed to land. And it's almost uncomfortable in a way. And that's kind of how I felt about the ending of this, where I was like, okay, that that's happened. <laughs> so, so I definitely don't think the ending is, is funny. I, that's so, it kind of comes back to uh, this third segment feels so strange to me throughout, aside from some of the jokes we talked about. And I, I do sort of like this weird, bizarre ending that kind of calls back to the title and that, you know, the, the first blarg's giving, and it's this weird thing. I mean, I guess, you know, like all treehouse adjacent episodes, you could say like, there is something oddly, you know, brain worm about, this monster that just wants to be eaten. It just wants to be appreciated as a food for some strange reason on this weird planet with, you know, blue Turkey like creatures with a lot of legs. Uh, so I, I guess it is a way to give it a happy ending that sort of is like, Oh, you know, spirit of the season. It's, you know, it's, it's Thanksgiving, everything's fine, but it also is very sort of eerie and, and strange and off putting. So, I don't know. I think they, I think it is a weird way to end it that I don't think I loved on the first watch. Like I was like, Oh, okay. That was interesting. But I do think it gets better every time because it does sort of fit with the theme of this weird third segment. Although I am mad that they killed the cat. I mean, come on. Like everyone knows that listens to this podcast. I'm a big, I'm very pro cat and uh snowball should have <laughs> lived. But other than that, I like the ending. I feel like the segment should have been, like in different order especially when i was saying with the first one were like really threw me off where they weren't like um like talking or whatever but i feel like this sci-fi one should have been the middle sci-fi one that we normally get out of the treehouse horror ones Interesting. and i feel like the turkey one kind of should have ended it because it ends with homer being like oh i don't see you know good things happening for our turkey brethren in the future or whatever and like i think that's kind of a smarter way to end on like a thanksgiving note because when it's a bunch of aliens it doesn't feel very thanksgiving <laughs> and i feel like that would have just set up the joke better of like nobody talking in the turkey segment um and so i think they maybe should have just rearranged it if like if i could have done it i feel like the ai one should have been first like really come out like really strong and then this kind of weird sci-fi one in the middle and then like wrap it up with the real like strong turkey thanksgiving vibes to kind of go out on because it did end on like a weird kind of note yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I could see it going in that order. Uh, I, I could see you switching it up a little bit. I, I'm sure. Um, I still think that the turkeys only went first because it's like, nah, this is Thanksgiving, which, yeah. you know, I, but I do get that. Uh, Bob, what about you? What about your final thoughts on this as a whole? What do you think about the order and everything? Uh, I thought the order was fine. Kind of like you said, since this was a, a new idea for The Simpsons, uh, Thanksgiving of Horror. The, it's smart for them to come out with like, you know, pilgrims, you know, this is Thanksgiving, uh, kind of set the tone. And I like that the weakest segment wasn't in the middle, honestly, because like the first two I really loved and I was like riding that high into the third one. And then it sort of, you know, it didn't like crash land, so to speak, but it was like kind of a soft landing for the third segment. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And it does end with them actually having a meal, which is kind of a nice little bow on the end of the segment. Honestly, I probably wouldn't change 
the way it's laid out. It makes pretty good sense to me. Overall, I think this is like a great little experiment for them. Um, I, I always love the Trios of Horror episodes, and I would be really stoked if they were to continue doing this. Um, I don't know if you have any uh, insight to that, Warren, if they've announced like, hey, this is going to be a reoccurring thing. Uh, man, I, I don't think it is. I really wish they would do it again. I think there is definitely like, I, I think people would really appreciate, like I, I've said before, I would like to see like a Christmas one, I, you know, because there, yes. there are, you know, Christmas horror movies and things like that. I do think there would really be something interesting about trying that. Um, and, and also, I think, you know, I used to joke that uh, when this came out that they only did it to make up for the fact that there's no treehouse in season one. So it almost is like, here's an extra one to make sure we have one, you know, enough for every season technically. Uh, So I don't know if they'll do it again. I do. I will say, and I'll recommend this to everyone. uh, Anyone that listened to my interview with Nick Dahan, who wrote uh, the episode Bart's in jail, he was really, really encouraging everyone to get excited about an episode called a serious Flanders uh, that at the time you're hearing, this has already come out. And I will say, if you like, Stuff like Treehouse and this Thanksgiving episode or anything that's sort of not canon that allows weird shit to happen. That episode might as well be a Treehouse segment for 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 two parts. You know, you got two episodes. It's a two parter. Uh, and it just is. It is very, very strange. Uh, essentially, a Coen Brothers uh, parody. But That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. I, of a serious man, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So I will definitely watch that. Oh, Thank you, you for telling me. It is very, very yeah. cool. Uh, Cesar Mazariegos, who was a guest on the podcast, wrote it. And, you know, he talked to me way back about how he was, you know, trying to take some big swings and do some weird stuff on the show. And I think he is definitely fucking doing that with this one. So, you know, if you want more, you know, sort of horror death adjacent Simpsons episodes, a serious Flanders is, has got your back and it's, you know, it's a two parter, the the best two parter since who shot Mr. Burns, in my opinion. Nice. Uh, and, and the best reviewed episode of the show in years, like since I think season 27. So, wow. I mean, it, it is, it is, people are really, really loving it. Can't, cannot wait for part two. Um, but at the time you're hearing this, that's already happened. So yeah, go watch it. It's really awesome. Um, so I do want to, before we get out of here, you know, I want to, I want to do a little bit of Thanksgiving chat. Uh, we did a little bit up top, but I got a couple fun questions for you guys, uh, with Thanksgiving around the corner, uh, and in the spirit of that final segment, what is your favorite side dish? I'm gonna start with you, Bob. My favorite side dish is stuffing. I always love some stuffing, a little bit of gravy on top. You can't go wrong with it, man. Okay. Juice? Dude, sweet potato mash. Oh, my God. I love some stuff. So at my house, my grandmother always makes two versions because she likes the one with, like, the candy pecans on top. Um, But one of my, like, aunts, like, either is allergic or just hates nuts in general. And so she also makes another one with, like, a marshmallow that kind of melts on top or whatever. And so I'm always double dipping into the sweet potato (laughs) mash because it's just all amazing to me. And um, like any, even when I go out to like restaurants, I love getting like sweet potato fries as a side or like stuff like that. So like on Thanksgiving, I'm like, yeah, bring on the sweet potato mash. Okay. Double dip. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Bob, let me ask you this. Cause you talked about stuffing. Are you a traditional stuffing guy or do you like cornbread dressing? See, I'm from Mississippi and uh, I grew up eating cornbread dressing over stuffing. Some people call them the same thing, but I don't think that they are. Are you are you saying cornbread dressing or are you just straight stuffing guy? 
I am definitely saying cornbread dressing. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's there is a distinct difference. Yeah, I know. I've had uh, people pre- prepare it very different ways. Uh, some are almost like uh, like extremely moist. Like there's there's almost too much broth in it. Um, and some, yeah, my the way my mom always made it was kind of like with sweet cornbread broken up in it. Okay, and that that is my jam. It is so good, man. Yeah, that is my answer. So yeah. so every year. Um, my in-laws are like, we should make, we should do like a smaller thing. We should not make as much food, you know, cause now as many people were coming over, I'm like, stop it. If I want to <laughs> eat cornbread dressing for like a week and a half. So yes. I just make the biggest thing of cornbread dressing, uh, based off my mom's recipe. And I, you know, I do make mine a little more on the moist side. Uh, but that is just, that is the ultimate. I also love a good, a good green bean casserole. So I'm not mad at any mm. of that. I mm. love us. I love a sweet potato mash. I love a, a sweet potato casserole. You name it. I'm all about that. Um, what about favorite dessert? What, what, when, when you're done with your meal and you're going for something fancy, uh, what are you grabbing? Juice, I'll start with you. Dude, I gotta have at least a little glass of eggnog, you know, okay. kicking off that I gotta have a little nog. And normally <laughs> and and as heavy as the nog is, I'm normally having it with a little side of um pumpkin pie, of course, you know. Oh my god. <laughs> Bob. I always reach for the pecan pie. Oh, it's yeah. like it's it's my favorite pie, and it's like only around at least my family, anyways. It's only around on Thanksgiving, like not even for Christmas. It's like the only time of year I can get my hands on it, so I usually get a pretty sizable hunk. It is delicious. Now, are you talking about a pecan pie? Because where I'm from, <laughs> we call that a pecan pie. Pe- pecan pie, yes. Uh, all them Yankees might refer to it as pecan pie. Pecan pie, yeah. No, that's a pe- yeah. that's a pecan pie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I love a good uh, good pecan pie. I love a good uh, pumpkin pie, but I also am a big fan of like, you know, like a butternut squash pie, mm-hmm. which I'm going to recommend everyone. Ooh. If you've never had a good butternut squash pie, arguably better than pumpkin pie. I know that sounds like sacrilege, uh, but there's a place there's a place in Jacksonville. We're all Jacksonville locals here uh, called True Food Kitchen that does a, a squash pie with a big thing of coconut whipped cream on top. If that's wow. not one of the best Ooh. pieces of pie you've ever had, uh, you can send me hate mail to, and I'll give my address in the uh, description. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm good with all pie, but pecan pie, strong answer. Do uh, you think that pie, place strong. has got it right now? I think they it's, it's like two weeks from Thanksgiving. I might I think, dip in there. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm my telling guy. you right now, it will blow your mind. Uh, the last time my wife and I went there, we straight up were like, let's not get an appetizer so we can grab two slices of that pie. You know what I'm saying? That's it's, yeah. a real, it's the real deal. It's very, very good. Uh, guys, thanks for coming on here and talking about Thanksgiving of horror with me. Uh, you know, some little Thanksgiving chat, a little background on what I consider a very fun episode. Uh, any final thoughts on what it was like to watch not only a modern episode, but one so unique in Thanksgiving of horror. I think this is like a great experiment again. And I, I hope that they continue doing it. Um, and if they don't, I hope they do dip their toes into the Christmas horror pool because it's a pretty deep one. And there's, there's a lot that they could reference. Um, and you know, why not? They're already doing Halloween. You know, they've done Thanksgiving. Might as well round out the year and get into some Christmas horror. Uh, but yeah, thanks for like broadening my horizons to 
some more modern Simpsons episodes. You've recommended a couple other ones, and like I'm actually getting pretty excited about uh, watching a serious Flanders. That is so up my alley. I love that movie, man. Um, thanks, thanks for recommending that as well as this. And uh, I don't know, maybe I just need to start watching literally every episode. <laughs> That's why I'm here, guys. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Juice, what about you? Yeah, I agree. As I said, even I went ahead and double dipped because I was curious about the Treehouse of Horror and was very pleasantly surprised with what I got in that one, too. There was some great stuff. They had a, a wraparound or kind of they did like an omen tribute or whatever. Um, so I, I agree that I was very pleased with like what I saw from this um, these newer style of Simpsons episodes. Um, it was fun to like get back into episodes that I wasn't, you know, that I'm not familiar with, but having a real fun time with. I agree completely on the Christmas stuff. I'm actually, if they're able to pull off a Thanksgiving horror, I mean, there's hardly any Thanksgiving horror films like out in the world. So, and there's a ton of Christmas ones. So, I mean, there's uh, plenty of stuff to pull from. I would absolutely love it. Hell, do every season. I mean, do every season, you know, like uh, do a <laughs> yeah. Valentine's Day, do a St. Patrick's, do a you Fourth, know, of, Fourth July. of July. You know, yeah. there's plenty of stuff to go around. So um I I really enjoyed it and I'm I was happy to talk about it. And um yeah, it makes me curious as well for more modern Simpsons episodes. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't be an episode of this show if I didn't say, like, you know, that's that's what I do. You know, I, I know everybody has their cutoff and everybody, you know, feels a certain way beyond a certain season. But I think anyone that challenges themselves and, and looks into more modern Simpsons, especially, you know, I'll say the last decade, even if you don't like the teens, uh, they've been doing some really cool stuff for a while. And they've got a lot of young, funny writers. Uh, the Simpsons is in a real hot streak right now. It's, you know, one of the most watched things. Um, on, I think it is the most watched thing on Disney Plus, and it's climbing the ranks in general. Uh, now that we're actually getting ratings back, streaming counts and ratings. So, I mean, it's doing really well. So anyone that thinks like, oh, you know, The Simpsons is a shell of what it used to be. Um, why are you even listening to this podcast? What's wrong with you? That's all I got to say. Um, but no, seriously, guys, you know, before we go, any shout outs, you know, plug the podcast again, tell everyone where to find you both. And uh, the floor is yours. Do it up. Yeah. I want to, uh, Justin mentioned uh, very briefly that there's not a whole lot of Thanksgiving horror out there, which is very true. But since we are all Jacksonville uh, natives, or at least currently living in Jacksonville, um, I do want to mention there's a movie out there called Blood Rage that was filmed in jacksonville in the mid 80s <laughs> and it is a thanksgiving slasher movie it's pretty easy Whoa. to find you can you can find it on demand it's on blu-ray arrow video put out like a really nice restoration of it on blu-ray um get your hands on it i i really can't recommend it enough if you are into slasher movies it's um i think it's it actually is a bit of a hidden gem i know people throw that uh, that term around quite a bit like oh it's it's a hidden gem or a forgotten gem but like this one is actually it holds up in my opinion and uh, you know it was filmed right here in Jacksonville Damn. so yeah you and F man yeah you and F I'm gonna yeah. have to watch that that's fucking crazy yeah yeah blood blood rage wow juice any shout outs for you 
Yeah, I mean, you can, again, I'll just, since Bob did all the heavy lifting last time, um, you can check us out, Straight Chilling Horror Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube. We have exclusive content there. Um, But yeah, we just do weekly horror movie reviews. Um, It covers a wide range. We've covered Ghost, for God's sakes. Patrick Swayze's Ghost. So (laughs) it only has to be loosely horror related. Um, But yeah, I mean, of course we've had a lot of the big classics as well but if you have like any interest in horror or even just kind of spooky vibes like said scooby-doo even or just you know we just left the halloween season anything going like that and then we always do christmas specials and everything check us out straight chilling horror podcast and um you can find us spotify anywhere you listen to podcasts like i said youtube content as well so we've got a lot of stuff out there very cool. I will champion the Candyman episode, the 2021 Candyman. I really enjoyed that one. Everyone should be following these guys anywhere that you can. Uh, as for all of you, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at simpsonsisgreat at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, consider leaving me a review on Apple or anywhere that accepts reviews. I don't really care. Just go go tell someone you like it. Tell a friend. Uh, you can follow the official Instagram account at simpsonsisgreaterthan or on Twitter at simpsonsisgreat. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram or Twitter or really anywhere on the internet, and I'm sure you'll find me. And uh, as for all of us, I'll see you next week.